my philosophy is say yes until you have to start saying no. And it basically goes, life goes through these phases of saying yes and then saying no and then saying yes and then saying no, where you just say yes to any kind of crazy opportunity that, that crosses your path. And that's the only way I could have gotten here. And I think that will carry us forward. This is for the others out there the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm excited to bring you a conversation with Tara Viswanathan. Tara is CEO and founder of Rupa Health, whose goal is to make functional medicine more accessible, affordable, and available to patients everywhere. Their first product, Rupa Labs, is a lab ordering portal for telemedicine providers that turns 15 hours of weekly physician admin work into 15 minutes. Rupa is rapidly growing and headquartered in San Francisco and backed by world-class investors like First Round Capital, Floodgate Capital, Ron Conway, and SV Angel, and more. We talked all about her journey to starting Rupa Labs, her philosophy on life, her self-care rituals and routines so she can balance life, and how she harnesses the power of solitude and much, much more. Give Tara a follow on IG, at Tara Viswanathan, and you can check out Rupa's website, www.rupahealth.com, and links to Tara's personal site as well in the show notes. Without further ado, hope you enjoy this electric conversation with Tara. We are live and rolling. Hello, my friend. It's so good to see you. Hey, hey, I know it's been a while. It has been. But you, but I feel like both of us have the exact same energies we had when we met. I don't yep. even know how many years ago. Like <laughs> you're exactly. Yeah. Yep. Haven't skipped a beat. And it is cool to be in the, uh, in the social media world, in the connection world where we can kind of keep a tab on people. And then it's very awesome when, when paths recross in sometimes mysterious ways like this one. I think I shared with you briefly yeah. on email, but I was going through, I, I had a I had a black mold situation in my apartment, my last apartment I was in. And so I was working with a naturopathic doctor and and she ordered all these uh, these lab kits, these lab tests for me. And she just like sent me the link here, fill this out, order them. And I went through Rupa Health and I, I thought it looked familiar for some reason. I'm like, oh, it's a cool interface, great experience. And then I was on the email list and I got a note, an email from the founder and CEO, Tara. And I was like, Hey, I know this, this makes all the sense. So I love, I love how, uh, I love how the, the paths recross. I love it. Oh my, those are my favorite messages. When it's like, my doctor just ordered me a test through Rupa. Amazing. Uh, so why don't we dive in there? So, I mean, this is the latest and greatest adventure of, of many that you're working on and you have worked on. Uh, tell me a little bit more about Rupa Health and, and how it came to be and where it's at right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, 
that's like asking you to ask me my life story. There we go. Which I, it kind of is, yeah. Um, dive in. Let me give you this short and then we can dive in wherever. Perfect. The short of it is we're a platform for modern diagnostics. Um, we started out with just a belief, which is the world is moving towards root cause medicine, which is essentially instead of going to the doctor and having them give you a, you know, look at the three symptoms you came in with and then give you a pill for to mask the symptoms. Um, it, it is about understanding the root cause. It's getting the data of why you're experiencing whatever health issue you're experiencing and then solving that rather than just band-aiding symptoms. Um, that's where we're going. There has been many advances in this, in this direction, you know, in fields like functional medicine, integrative medicine, like whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, but ultimately diagnostics is powering that our ability to actually get the data. Now we have microbiome testing, DNA testing, advanced hormone panels, things like that. And so what we do at Rupa is we make that process of getting the data, the diagnostics, super simple for practitioners, patients, everybody. Amazing. So good. Well, because I feel like if you're going to be addressing health from the root cause, it's personalized and it's everybody's unique and different, which is the yep. big thing I feel like the healthcare system right now is not solving for. So in order to do that, you've got to have valuable data and diagnostics. So it sounds like that's where you see Rupa as being the, the, the purveyor of. Yep, exactly. That is our, that is our scope today. Um, and then of course the goal is to allow any practitioner to practice personalized root cause medicine, um, using technology, because if you are a doctor previously, you were just looking at, you know, maybe the 20 different markers that you do on your annual physical, but now you're looking at hundreds, if not thousands of markers that are changing every single, you know, minute. In some cases, if you think of continuous glucose monitoring and things and new technology like that, this is not that new technology, but like new, new, um, uh, availability of technology. Um, it's, it's a completely different experience in that, in medicine. Yeah, totally. And I know you've always been into health and wellness. How did this, how did this idea or this opportunity come to be? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Cause we, that's how we, that's how we originally got connected. Uh, yeah. We bonded over some geeking, yeah, geeking over some <laughs> health and wellness passions for sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It honestly, it started when I burnt, I completely burnt out in college. Um, I've always been like a, just a happy go lucky kid grew up in middle of nowhere, Texas, loved biology, loved genetics, like actually studied genetics and did cancer research in high school. Um, thought that the only thing you could do with that was become a doctor. And the only kind of thing I knew about my life, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but the only thing I did know was I didn't want limits. And I didn't want to know where I was going to be in 10 years. And so that took me down the path of, well, let me start my own business. So I ended up going to business school at Wharton. Um, and nobody told me that business school was finance and consulting. <laughs> like I, I thought it was like, start your own business, be creative, build something. Um, but apparently finance and consulting, which is fine. It just wasn't my thing. Uh, and I, but I got there and I was for the first time in my life surrounded by brilliant people. And I loved it. Like they were hardworking. They were super smart. They were really ambitious. And I loved that. And so I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm in the best place in the world for finance. I'm going to study finance. I'm going to study operations. I'm going to study computer science. I'm going to do a fine arts minor. I'm going to do all of these things. And I'm going to get A pluses. And I did that, but at the expense of my health. Mm. So I completely burned out, um, felt not like myself, not my happy go lucky self. And that, you know, freshman year started me down this path of even understanding what a calorie was. I remember I would, I had, I went to undergrad with a palm trio phone, like a pink like, palm phone Love and it. with a stylus. Yeah. And I would, you know, go to bed every day and like log my calories on my fitness pals website. Cause there's no such thing as like an app 
app at that point. Um, and it just, one thing led to another. And it was just my curiosity of how do I feel my absolute best that led me down to, um, and ended up at Stanford studying uh, a product design for better health, which led me to a variety of different health companies. One of them being um, a company called Parsley Health, which I was at very early on and helped build out their product, which taught me the massive opportunity there is in essentially building infrastructure for this new wave of medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very long answer to your very short question, but that does it. I love it. And, and I love how that's, it's like all of a sudden you look at, you, you know, you've got a team of 30 plus people, you're hiring for more, you're, you're building this massive, uh, this massive company and this, this big mission you're fulfilling, but, and you ask like, how did you get there? How do you do that? And, and you look back at your story and it's just like, you just took one step after the next, after the next, after the next. And all of a sudden you're like at this point, like, can you speak yeah. at all about that, about like kind of following the breadcrumbs or taking those next indicated oh, steps yeah. to create these quantum leaps? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. You don't, uh, there is no way, um, I could have put a straight line from, from, you know, sitting me as a freshman in college, knowing that this was something interesting. It was a kernel of something that was interesting, the, the health and wellness and that, that piece. Um, there's no way I could have painted a straight line. I had no idea. Um, there's so many random stories. Like I, oh man, which one? Or maybe my my junior year internship um, was at I was um, at a startup incubator called Hatch Labs uh, out of IAC in New York that ultimately ended up making Tinder, and it was basically Penn was an incredible school for finance and management and um, actually engineering and many other things that but startups and technology wasn't really one of them at that time. Yet I knew I was interested in it and I had no idea how to get in. Um, the only thing I knew was we had done this, um, and now I'm, I'm getting, I'm doing a story within a story, but in one of my classes, we had done this exercise, which actually changed my life. And it was so simple. What we did was every single person in the class brought a question that they'd been struggling with. And we wrote it on a post-it note and we just put it on the wall. Then everybody got a stack of post-it notes and we'd walk around and write our name on the post-it note and put it next to a question if we thought we could help. And this is a group of maybe 40 people who we were management 100 TAs, which was like a kind of a club at, at, at Penn. And we all knew each other really, really well. We'd been through like, it was almost like a frat. Like we knew each other very yeah. well, but we, I had, I was blown away by just the realization that there were people all around me who could help me with the thing that I was struggling with most. Mm. If I just asked for help. And so the only thing I knew was, I don't know how to get into startups and tech, but I know that I'm sure people around me do. And let me just ask. So what I did was, um, there's this thing at Penn, your junior year summers, like the summer for your internship at Goldman, right? Like that's when you get your intern. That's the big one. Everybody's walking around in suits, period in January called on-campus recruiting. All the big banks come to campus and everybody's walking around with their leather portfolios and their resumes. And I'm standing in the front of our warden building in sweatpants and a hoodie Cause like I wore workout clothes to class, like a weirdo before it was cool. <laughs> like Lululemon didn't really exist. <laughs> and I just stood there and I asked people, Hey, how do you get into startups? How do you get into startups? Anybody know? And a guy, one of my friends like walked by me and he said, Oh, I don't know, but I've heard of this site called startuply.com. And I don't even think it exists anymore, but essentially I go online and it was the Craigslist of startups. 
Mm-hmm. Pre angel list, pre any of that. This is 2010, 2011. And um, I just go on there and I spam, I send my resume and something to 10, uh, no, 300 companies, I think, or 300 listings, something like that. And I think I got um, three emails back. Two of them rejected me. One of them said, Oh my God, you're from Penn. That's so cool. Nobody from Penn is interested in startups, but I, have, I went to Penn and I happened to be at an incubator. We don't have a role for you, but I'd love to chat. So I ended up getting on the phone with this guy. Oh, and by the way, I accidentally applied to be his personal assistant, like not a real job. <laughs> I didn't even look at it. Long story short, that was exact. That was how I got my first foray, like my first internship. And they created a job for me. It didn't exist. At the end of the summer, they got me a trophy that said best intern ever. I was the only intern. <laughs> it was great. That like launched me into this whole world of tech. And it was only by just standing at the door and asking people. Unbelievable. I, I love that exercise that you guys did in, in class. That seems like that's probably super powerful for being able to see what other people have questions about. And then just seeing like that, that's such a big shift for me of just like, oh yeah, maybe the person, the thing that you need most, the person next to you might be able to help or the person that you interact with every single day might, might need the most. That's, that's a big inspiration for this podcast called Find the Others and the Timothy Leary quote where he says, nobody comes into your life by coincidence. Everyone carries a piece of the puzzle. Trust your instincts to mm. the unexpected and find the others. And, and it's a really, I think it's a really interesting way of looking at the world. I think that entrepreneurs are tapped into uh, specifically because you kind of have to be, but this idea of that everybody carries a different piece of the puzzle. Do you, do you actively see it that way? Like what's your philosophy on how other totally. people support you? Oh, absolutely. I see. I think there are opportunities and stories in every moment. Um, uh, my philosophy is say yes until you have to start saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically goes, life goes through these phases of saying yes and then saying no and then saying yes and then saying no, where you just say yes to any kind of crazy opportunity that, that crosses your path. And that's the only way I could have gotten here. And I think that will carry us forward. I mean, you talk about the crazy stories of the coincidences of how we got our first investment check to like how we, you know, how I met my co-founder to like every single one of these was just a very random, what seems to be very random chance happenings where I look at my day and I think that there are millions of potential chance happenings. And the more I can invite those into my life and the more I act on them, the greater the chance of hitting one that will step function me up into life is. Love it. Yeah. I, I, I like that. The say yes till you're forced to say no. It's just creating. I, I always think of it. It's like creating chaos and then minimizing chaos, like create as much chaos <laughs> as possible. Take all the coffee meetings, say yes to everything. And then when you find some momentum in one specific Avenue, like start to shut it down and minimize the chaos so you can focus in on that. But that's a great way of putting it. Say yes until you're forced to say no. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. about building that momentum in life. Yeah, totally. So, um, and, and I think that you're, you're uncovering some, you're tapping into something that th- this is a thread that I find with everybody I bring onto the podcast as well of, of people that play at a high level in life. And it, it seems that people are aware of this. It's almost like this undercurrent or this flow of life that really you opens up to you. And it kind of like gamifies things in a way when you can realize that you're not alone working towards the things that you're working towards. And it's kind of this, this, this thing we have to get over around like working smarter, not necessarily harder. Like you don't have to just like put everything on your back or on your shoulders and just force your way through, but you can kind of follow the flow or follow the channels that are, that are pulling you towards where you want to go. What are your thoughts on that? 
my thoughts are, can you teach me how to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, okay. So I, I think about this a ton. Um, I'm, I'm in, I used to think I was an extremely introspective extrovert, but now I actually think I'm a, um, learned extrovert, if that makes any sense. So I, my happy place is like someone recently asked me, I was at a dinner and we all went around and said, one of the introduction questions is like, what do you do for fun? And mine was, I go to bed at eight 30 so I can wake up at five and think and write. <laughs> like it was, it was yeah. literally that. So I've, I've thought about this a ton and there's, um, there's a really, really, one of my favorite essays, um, is, uh, oh my gosh, I'm like, for, I'm blanking on the name, which I'll, I'll share with you later. I'm yeah. Like, I'll oh, put clearly it's not my favorite if it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it really no was. Um, it's this idea of, I've always been trying to cat. I've always been, I, I try to optimize my days so that I am in that flow, mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. I don't know that I believe it's possible to be, do that a hundred percent. I actually think sometimes you do have to just, you know, put the, rucksacks on your back and like barrel through it. Um, I'm, I'm of two minds on this. I think one of the things that I've learned, especially for me being in the health field, right. Sometimes it can seem like taking care of yourself and performing well or at opposite ends of the spectrum. I fundamentally believe they are, they are not. I think that, uh, the only way I can perform my best is if I build my foundation and take care of myself. And so it's not exactly what you're talking about, but an adjacent point. And that's yeah. kind of how I think about it. Yeah, I love it. Well, the two sides of the same coin. And it's it's almost like the people try to get the cart before the horse. It's almost like the old school way of thought is like, you get the thing done and then you worry about yourself or you, you, folk, you just do what needs to be done and then you can take care of yourself. But it's almost like this, well, what if we flip that on its head and you focus on building the foundation of self-care, of making sure you have your foundation built and then see what results happen from there. Cause that's what I always find. It's like the results follow when you focus on what you need to take care of. And yep. that, that's, that's what I'm curious to, to, to ask you about because you've been in that burnout spot. How do you maintain that as a priority? It sounds like that early grandma Many bedtime, times. <laughs> which I'm, which, which I'm on the same page with as well, but like what, yeah. how do you maintain that balance of putting yourself first while also working towards these audacious goals? Yeah. I think the tough thing about that is we change as human beings. We evolve as human beings. We're always growing and changing. That's what makes us human. Um, and I think that's the ultimate joy in life is seeing progress in the areas that are meaningful to you. And because of that, our self, what is self-care today might not actually be what I might not actually be the nourishment I need a year from now. That used to frustrate the hell out of me. Cause right when I got to a place where I'm like, okay, if I do these things, if I meditate for 10 minutes in the morning, if I go for my, you know, two miles or whatever it is, I will be good. I will eventually burn out because I have grown into a different person who needs different type of care. So instead of fighting that, I've recently, this is very recent, this is like only in the last year, um, I've, I've learned to embrace the fact that my needs change. Yeah. Um, and that that has actually, and, and they change basically on like a six month cadence for me is what I've realized. And so, and I think like, that's honestly like how fast startup life moves, you like learn, grow a decade in, in six months. Um, but for me, there are a few fundamentals that I think will never change. And then there are things that I swap out. So if I think about like mm-hmm. my pyramid of stuff, my bottom of my pyramid is sleep. Like that for me is just, I, I know I need it. I know that I, 
if I go to bed at nine, I'm much happy and wake up at four, I'm much happier than if I go to 12 and wake up, go to bed at 12 and wake up at seven. Like I'm, for whatever reason, that is my foundation. Then there is, um, then there's like my journaling, which I need to do, you know, every single morning and just like get everything stream of conscious journaling in the morning. Then above that, I can, you know, sometimes it's meditation, sometimes it's, yeah. and it's listening to my body and trying to figure out what I need. Amazing. That's so, that's so interesting. It's, that's an insight that I've come recently in the last couple of years as well. Uh, because every day, every day you're in a little bit of a different vibrational state as well. And what you needed yesterday, like maybe the breath work yesterday really, really hit, but today, like you need a little bit of yoga or maybe a little jog or just a walk or something like that. So having, I had a mentor explain it to me once of like every day is a blank canvas and you have the, your, yeah. you know, your palette, your color palette. And today you're going to color it with red tomorrow. You're going to do it with blue. But the important thing is that you're coloring in those certain lines or buckets that you have identified. So yeah, that's, yeah, I, that, that's really interesting. I tend to do weekly planning. And so I, I have four categories that I do every week. So every week I write, so I write on physical paper and um, either Sunday night or Monday morning, I'll do um, first category, it'll be like week of whatever on the top left-hand corner. And then I'll have, um, health, work, relationships, and spirit. And those are my four categories. And it's like, nice. what am I doing in each one of these? And also which one is most important this week? Cause there are some weeks where I'm like, work is number one, and I'm going to let my health go this week, but I'm going to decide that ahead of time rather than feeling guilty about it later. Cause that guilt is actually it's the emotion, the negative emotions actually take a much deeper toll on uh, me and create burnout than anything physical. Like it's, it's actually yeah. that. Makes total sense. I like that, that planning. So how do you with, I mean, you've got, I, I love the mission you're working towards with Rupa and, and I'm sure there's many levels to how you see this evolving to play that role. Like I'm sure this is just scratching the surface, right? How do you, yeah. how do you balance the, uh, not necessarily balance, but how do you focus on um, enjoying the, the short term versus the long term? How do you reconcile? That's a really good question. Um, you know what I did? Um, January one, I took a, I take solo trips like every quarter where I just go, I turn off on everything and it just makes me happy. And I only need like three days or so. So weekend plus a Friday. Um, and I did it over new year's this time. And I sat and I just wrote, and my goal for the next two years is to have fun. And I realized that I have such a negative relationship with that word Mm. because I feel anxiety that my definition of fun is not the same as everybody else's. My definition of fun is waking up super early, journaling, going on a hike, like reading a book by the fire is like, it sounds like paradise for me. And it's, those are the things that nourish me. And I had a lot of, I don't know, maybe inner conflict about the fact that I wasn't social enough where I wasn't doing things that seemed fun to everybody else. And I, but the reality of it was I was, I was not enjoying myself because I was depriving myself of the things that I really enjoyed. So when I think about enjoying balancing, you know, the short term and the long term. I think it's really just staying true to myself. And I love building this company and I love working. And um, I think that it can be done in an unhealthy way or it could be done in a healthy way. And for me, doing it in a healthy way is fun. And so 
what I've learned is my own personal growth is the most fun I could be having and not getting upset with myself that it isn't someone else's definition of fun uh, is the major thing that I need to overcome over these next two years. So it's a, it's a very, again, long-winded answer to your very simple question, but it, it's something that I'm working on. Amazing. Well, that's the point, by the way, here, if you didn't guess, it's me asking simple questions that lead to long-winded answers that we can <laughs> explore. So yeah, I love it. Uh, amazing. And I think that that's uh, something that I've found also is that the more fun you have, the more fun you have. It's like the better it gets, the better it gets. But I, I think that that's such a such an interesting thing of defining what yeah. fun is for you and not what yeah. fun should be. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the other thing, um, I am like that insane person who tracks everything every single day. So I have a list of like 60 things I've tracked for the last six years. Um, and one of them is, did I have a good day? Like, did I enjoy this? And you'll see, since I started the company, it had been going down and mm. I got really worried about it. Um, and I think last year I started, one of my goals of working on my coach, I, so I have an executive coach I work with. And one of my goals was, um, or is, to, to start to enjoy enjoy it a little bit more. And I realized um, there's one simple thing I did where it changed everything for me with work. And that was, it sounds, it sounds so simple, but like I just stopped having meetings on Thursdays and I have a full day to actually work. Mm. And I, I love writing and I love working and I love building things. And I, I can't stop building things. I, I love doing that. And if I wasn't giving myself time to build things without interruption, I wasn't happy. And so I had that moment where I had my first Thursday where I didn't do anything other than learn and grow and take time to really do deep work. And I had so much fun. And so I think it's, it's the finding those little things, but to your point, it's, it's finding the things that make me happy and yeah. defining it for myself. Right. So good. What, what do you use for productivity tracking? Do you use like Notion, Notes, Quip? What do you use? Oh, um, honestly, like I'm, I'm not really a tool person, but I use yeah. this app called Way of Life. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like so simple. It's like a dollar or something like that, but it's just, cool. you know, track yes or no every single day. The other thing I use is um, for life now. I never thought I'd be, I used Apple Notes for the longest time just because it was easiest. I like unstructured thinking. I use my Moleskin and Apple Notes, but I switched to Rome Research. Nice. Which I do love. I do yeah. love. Um, yeah. I'm not like a superhuman person. I'm not like, I'm not any of those, but yeah. this is fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. I, uh, Rome for the right person, Rome is the greatest thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Um, tell me a little bit more about like, you're clearly doing things different, right? Like you're living life different. What challenges have you had along the way, either from other people, maybe friends, past friends, what challenges have you had along the way that have like almost deterred you from this path or challenged you the most on this path? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, when you have conviction in a market, so I have conviction in that medicine will be completely different. And the next evolution is going to be around root cause medicine. And we're going to incorporate the entire human body, not just isolated conditions, things like that. Um, it's going to be more holistic, integrate all of that. And when you have conviction in a market, when very few people see it and you're the crazy person, 
it is super hard, super hard. I, um, that was actually the thing that kicked my butt into gear to do this company was I didn't want another one of those moments to pass by where I saw the future and I didn't act on it. Um, and even in the last six years that I've 10 years, actually more than 10 years that I've been involved in this space, so much has happened. Um, I think being the crazy one out of your friends is fun in a way because you don't think about, uh, people don't question you as much. They're like, oh yeah, that's Tara. She's all, she's off like doing some weird diet or whatever it is, but it does take a toll on you because you feel really lonely, really, really, really lonely. Um, and I think that that's one of the biggest things that, that had maybe not deterred, but stalled me from starting was it is, you get, so, so let me put it this way. I remember I wrote about, um, I wrote a blog post about um, <clears throat> Alzheimer's. One of our, one of our advisors and investors, she is an incredible medical doctor who has um, gotten to this space because she helped reverse her, her she reversed her mother's early onset Alzheimer's um, oh. using functional medicine. And I wrote about it and I got like some hate messages in my Facebook message from people I knew really well saying that, why are you promoting um, like fake news? And my grandmother died from Alzheimer's. How could you say this? This is upsetting. And it just, it was a taste of what was to come. And I think very few people, unless you've been there, see the underbelly of it, but it's um, yeah, it's, it's enough to, to pause you. Yeah. No Not kidding. stop you but pause you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, and when you have that deep conviction in what you're doing or working towards, I feel like that can pull you through those, those times. But I, I was just heard today, I was just listening to um, Vision, the founder of Mind Valley. I don't know if you're familiar with him or his, mm -hmm. his book. Amazing, amazing book, Code of the Extraordinary Mind. He does great TED Talks. Um, Mind Valley is amazing. Uh, he was on Tom Bilyeu Impact Theory uh, podcast. And he was saying, he reported a stat that was fascinating to me, that 50% of American CEOs um, report to be lonely, like consider themselves lonely, which is crazy. Yeah. So it's like, as you continue to go up, it just gets lonelier and lonelier. And that yeah. connection with community or so, strong social connection is like 0.7 on the correlation scale with happiness. It's like, we know that being lonely actually really can de be detrimental to your health. But that's why yeah. I feel like it's... I mean, and I'm curious to get your perspective, maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's certain friends, family members, like who is that support network to you to help, help you stay yeah. convicted and to provide that connection to keep you moving forward? I'm so lucky because I have an amazing support system. Um, I have an incredible partner, my brother, my parents, like I just have, I have the world in terms of support where it gets tricky is that most of the world doesn't see what a founder or CEO does, uh, like doesn't see the battle wounds. Like, how did we get here? It's, it's traumatizing in a lot of ways. Um, but it, so, so my friends tell me, you know, people ask me like, should I do a startup? And the response is, if you can do anything else, do it. Uh, because it's very difficult. And I really don't, um, that, that's the thing. Like I, I can't do anything else. I, I, can't right. imagine doing anything else. Like I, I, I don't have, it's not, it wasn't a choice. It was just like, of course I'm going to do this. Like, I have to do this. And, um, 
that is part of what makes it so lonely is there's just all this stuff that people don't see. Um, and, and the world doesn't want to see it. They want to see the picture perfect CEO. They don't want right. to see all, all of the scrapes and the wounds and all of that. Um, but it is, it is incredible. So it's my brother, my partner, my parents, but also I have, I'm part of some really great founder communities. Um, through some of our investors and through just friends, like absolutely there's that. Um, but nothing ever is quite the same as like, I don't know, like a co-founder or yeah. somebody who sees the day-to-day because you, you know, in, at a startup, a day feels like a week, a week feels like a month, a month feels like a year. It's just an hour feels like a day. And so in the course of a day, I counted one time um, and I do approximate, I, I pitch Rupa in, in a sense, like I'm either recruiting or like doing, I'm doing something where I'm having to over 50 times a week. Wow. And it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. And in between that is all of the other ups and downs. So in a day I could have 10 really high moments and 10 really low moments. And I'm going from one to another to another, but I always have to be on. Yeah. Every, every technical work hour of the week, you're doing a pitch. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, it's insane, but, um, it's fun. Like this is all to say it's a choice and I, and I fully have chosen to do it and Mm -hmm. I do not regret that for one second. Yeah. Amazing. So what, what advice do you have to other founders or other just people out there that are, are working to stay strong and conviction with what they're working on, but might feel challenged or might feel lonely? Like what, what advice might you offer them? I once, um, after particularly bad, I, I, I had it, I got, went through a breakup and that's when I realized like, I need to go do this thing. Like I need to start this thing. Um, and I remember I was traveling solo after that breakup and I realized I wrote this down of like, if I like who I am in the moment, I can never be lonely. And it was, it was that. And that's kind of what I've, I've stuck with, which is am I proud of the decisions I'm making? Do I like who I am? Because the biggest sense of loneliness is not from other people. It's actually from not liking yourself or not wanting to be by yourself. Um, so my biggest piece of advice is in every day you have you know, a million decisions you can make. Turn left, turn right, but take the scooter, take the bike, whatever it is. Do the things that make you feel proud of who you are. And it will, it will, ease that loneliness in ways that you never imagined. Mm. Beautiful. Super well said. I, I, I learned that lesson when I first moved out and lived on my own. I lived with roommates my entire life. And when I finally was like in a spot by myself and there was just like this almost emptiness, right? I had to work through that and learn. And the big shift that I came to, like the insight that hit me similar to that was I'm not, I'm not by myself. I'm with myself. Like I'm not alone. I'm not, I'm not by myself. I'm with myself. I got me. And if I like me and I can continue to learn to like me and enjoy my company, then like the loneliness disappears like that. So I, I I think that's great insight for the first step. Totally. Going back to my favorite essay, which I had a brain fart and did not remember what the name is. It's called solitude and leadership. Oh, amazing. Um, Cool. Yeah. And it's, it's it's kind of about this. I'm I'm a big fan of solitude and silence. Yeah. Uh, Have you heard or read uh, stillness is the key by Ryan holiday? No. Okay. It's a, it's a whole book on like some of the greats, athletes, 
historical figures, leaders who utilize this idea of stillness or solitude and how that's like yeah. been the key to their success, which is amazing. So tell me a little bit. And I love, I picked up on that when you said you do like the three day solo trip. I, yeah. I think I remember you did a Vipassana 10 day meditation yeah. retreat, right? Tell, tell me more about over like, my what, birthday. Over your birthday. That's great. People were like, you're insane. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. You're yeah. the crazy one. I love it. Was it was the oh. best birthday I've ever had. I'm sure it was. It was amazing. Yeah. How old were you turning that birthday? What was that birthday present for you? 28. 28. You're yeah. 28. 28. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So good. I turned 28 and it was, it was amazing for so many reasons. Not to mention the first night there, we had an earthquake and nobody talked about it. <laughs> and I didn't know what was happening. And I didn't know if I could scream or not. That's insane. Wow. So, so why, what does solitude, what does solitude play? What role does solitude play in your life? Huge role. I, 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 um, I don't think I realized that until, I don't know, the last five years maybe, but I thrive in solitude in moments of extreme solitude or extreme, um, immersion with, with people and the, the in-betweens don't fully, don't fully do much, don't do much for me. Solitude is where I get my, um, fuel. It is where I make sense of the world. It's where I make leaps rather than steps. I will, mm. I will sit and think for days at a time. Um, and that's where I make the big decisions in my life. I mm. learned the art of, um, stream of conscious journaling, which is just, there, there's no art to learn. I don't know why I called it that. It's literally just like you sit down and write whatever dumb thought yeah. is in your head. Like this coffee is good. Yum. Like yeah. that, right. Um, it is. So I do micro of that. So I do, um, every morning I wake up, I drink my athletic greens as of the last week. <laughs> like I own everything. That's like a Tim Ferriss podcast sponsored yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Then I make my matcha. I sit down and sometimes I light a candle and I'll just sit there with my notebook and pen and I'll write. Um, oh, if you haven't, for people who I consider myself an artist, like I'm definitely not like the entrepreneur. I'm like more of the artist. Um, if you haven't read the artist's way, it is fantastic. It's like such a good, it felt like she was speaking, like writing this for me. It's a book that was like written in the seventies. Um, but yeah, so I sit down and I write my, I do my um, morning journaling and the only way I know I'm done is if I feel good. That's my like end point. Like it comes to a close naturally. There's no timer. There's no, I have to, it's just, I just do it. And I love it. And then I get started with my day. I start planning. And then, so that's my micro every day. Then every Thursday I have no meetings for the most part, which is also my solitude. Um, I also work from home those days. And then on Saturdays, like I do, I'm, I'm a fake, I pretend I'm Jewish. Uh, I do Shabbat Friday night. I like love I do, it. Yeah. And I have like the Sabbath on Saturday where I don't, I don't do any email. And that's my, that, the, I basically have scheduled these things in because I realized like, this is what I need. Um, and then once a quarter, I do my solo trip. So it's all of those little things that add up. And that is honestly probably where probably like a very small percentage of my week, but that's where I get, make the most um, important work decisions and life decisions. So good. You're, you're, um, you're what we call an HMOT an honorary member of the tribe. Yes, I love it. Ordained, ordained from Rabbi Church. You are now an HMOT. Um, 
That's so good. I, I've I've done I've I've spoken a lot on this podcast about the the power of that for me. I also do that. I observe the Sabbath for those reasons. So I unplug completely yeah. digital detox Friday night to Saturday night, and I, I I can't back that enough or emphasize that enough. And it's amazing to see that as a, just a practice in general and how healthy that is to have like a day when you can not do emails or work or focus on your own yeah. spiritual tend to your spiritual needs and growth and fulfillment in that way. Uh, so I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. And yeah, you are officially an HMOD. So welcome it. to the tribe. I love it. Yeah. I also found out that I had, um, so I, I am that crazy person who does all my testing all the time. Yeah. Um, I have a genetic uh, mutation in a gene that is essentially what the result is, is I have excess dopamine in my brain, in my frontal lobe. So everything is either like super, I, I have extremely high executive function. It's like, go, 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 go all the time, like hits of dopamine all the time. And so I, I'm like always stimulated. So for me, that solo time, that quiet time is even more important. Mm. Yeah. How do you, how do you not let distractions creep into that solitude time? I do sometimes like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Oh, the way I do it. I, well, one, I have zero. So if you look at my phone, there is yeah. no, I, nobody on this podcast can see this, but like there's no red dots. So none of my apps, not even messages will tell me if I have a notification. And I found actually that I am like so short memory that I forget to even check my messages when there's nothing there. Right. So I'll check it sometimes and I'll have a ton of stuff, but um, I don't bring my phone with me. It's always on airplane mode. Like I've, I've become very, very comfortable with not looking at any kind of technology. So That's good. that, and then um, I I mean, you have to enforce it, right? Like I've told everybody important in my life and I've also told my team. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yep, there's um, there's a great guy that I'll link to in the show notes as well of like how to how to hack your phone basically so that it's not feeding you those dopamine hits and distractions, like changing the background color, cool. removing all of the, the notifications, turning off push, all those to do not disturb some of the shortcuts and all those things. And I did that a, yeah. a while ago. And it's it's amazing how quickly you start to not need to check it when you're not feeding yeah. yourself those distractions. So I think that that's like a massive, massive hack. So I love that you shared that. Yeah. And pen and paper is another mm. thing. Yeah. Nothing, nothing quite speed it, especially when you got a little candle going, a little ritual of the yeah. candle and set the vibe straight. Um, uh, Tara, one of the other things I wanted to, to ask you about is I, I love on your website, your like values that you have in like the Lululemon uh, inspired Lululemon-esque, you know, bag that has all yeah. the, the word cloud, if you will. Um, so you, you've clearly identified what success looks like for you in your life and you lead your life in a very intentional way. Is that the result of just going through personal development on your own? Is that the result of working with a specific coach? Like what led you to be able to say, hey, this is how I want to lead my life. And these are the values that I want to live by. Yeah, um, great question. I don't know that I know exactly what success looks like. I think success is a feeling, right? Mm. It's feeling like I'm, um, like I'm growing all the time. But uh, to, to your point at the very beginning of this conversation, it's a step-by-step thing. It, it, there is no one thing. It is just one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, and it's momentum. And so I am just curious, like my fun time, my fun days or like my play money all like goes to all the things that people might consider, um, consider like, oh, pyramid schemes, self-help. It's like, I've been to multiple Tony Robbins conference. I've done, I've done um, like multiple trips to Esalen, like all kinds of stuff. And 
I wouldn't say I'm like a student of any one philosophy. I'm very much a, I want to explore the world. I'll take what's good and keep, I'll take what works and keep what does. Sorry, I'll leave what doesn't work and take what does with me. And yeah. um, I can't say it's any one thing. I think it's a compounding of, you know, I probably read a book a week or more or so. It's probably like that plus just experiences plus like being curious plus people plus talking to the random person at the coffee shop since we can like do that again, who's yeah. sitting next to you and like hearing their story and learning from it. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just a bizarre person. My brain is like wired in a weird way. I'll like watch Downton Abbey and like take notes on startups while I'm watching. I'm like, oh, like this person just said, like Carson just says no and doesn't need an explanation. Like I as a leader could do that. I don't need to give an explanation. <laughs> like stuff like that. That's great. That's great. Well, there's um, there's one of my favorite lines from Ethics of Our Fathers is who is a wise man? He who learns from from everything and everyone. And I think that's something too that I that I noticed with you and a, and, a, and a few of the other people that I've I've interviewed on this podcast is that ability to be able to say, hey, this guy at the coffee shop, Downton Abbey, the movie I'm watching, like the CEO, the janitor, like whoever, the Uber yeah. driver, like there's something that I can take from each of these people and. And I, I, I certainly play in that frame of mind and it's amazing what that, what, what that leads to. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of amazing stories too. And it just makes life so much more fun and rich yeah. and all of it. Um, I totally agree. The other thing I was going to say is I love history. Like I almost exclusively read, well, in terms of, um, I read like business stuff and personal development stuff, but also autobiographies. So I basically everything I've learned is from other people's recollections of their lives and just observing how things have happened in the world. Um, you can learn a ton from that. Mm, that's great. Is there a particular autobiography you'd recommend? <sighs> so many. I love. Uh, okay, so so these are very different, but yeah. um, I was going to say John D. Rockefeller, Walt Disney, and Kevin Hart. <laughs> like oh. so Kevin Hart is it's on Audible. It's sorry, it's on Audible. Does and he read it? Like, yeah, he reads it. Okay, it's that, so that's like a prereq. Yeah, that's a that's yeah, important. Yeah. Yeah. He reads it. It's, it's you gotta listen to it. It's so funny. Cool. It's just it's so good. And then um, Walt Disney is like incredible. He died in the '60s before he even realized what Disney became, and he was bankrupt twice before. He, you just, I mean, it, it's just incredible. Um. Also, like Theodore Roosevelt, I didn't read his bio, but I watched some of the Ken, Ken Burns documentary on um, on Netflix and oh, like just such courage, right? Mm-hmm. Courage is being afraid and doing it anyway. And I, I admire that so much. And um, Titan, John D. Rockefeller's biography mm-hmm. um, talks about how he used to walk miles in the snow to go to school. And you think about it and we never get, that he just was thinking and so, solo for three hours a day for his entire childhood. Imagine if we did that today and the types of thoughts we would form and the philosophies and all of that. It's just, it's incredible. Um, there, there's so many more, but there's, oh, obviously um, Richard Branson's Losing mm. My Virginity. Yeah, it's, that's a good one. I mean, it's just like so good. Yeah. So good. Awesome. Cool. Well, those are, those are noted. Uh, amazing. So, uh, as we wrap up here, my question for you is what's, what's next? What's next for Tara? Oh my gosh. Um, more of the same. I'm, I'm honestly just like 
I'm such a believer in the compound effect. So, you know, things might start out slow, but you just can keep compounding, keep compounding, keep compounding. And we're starting to see the results of that compounding now. There's a lot of exciting stuff that I hope we can announce uh, later this year with the company. Um, for me personally, it's just, it, we're entering a new phase. As crazy as it is, Roop is the largest company I've ever been a part of. <laughs> wow. I've only done startups. I know it's like, it's kind of wild. Um, and I, it's a new phase of leadership for me and it's really, really fun. It's also a challenge because we've been given, we've, we're stepping into a really big opportunity and um, I am recognize, I'm remembering the reason I got into this, which is I want to swing big in life. No matter what, I want to swing big. And right now we're stepping up to the bat and it's time to swing big in a, in a big way. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where we are in a year. Super exciting. I'm super excited as well to see where you're at in a year. I know you're going to take those big swings and you're going to hit. Uh, where can uh, where can people find you or Rupa Health? I'll be sure to include it all in the in the notes as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, in San Francisco, or actually only yeah. part of the time. Yeah, only part of the time in our office. No, <laughs> um, uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on all the socials. I love so. Cool. Actually, I'm not on Twitter, but like I'm on I'm on all the social. I love social media as like a form of creativity. I think it's like super super fascinating, super fantastic. Um. I don't go on, I don't open it. I have a rule, I don't open it if I'm feeling low. So I need to be like feeling above like the line to like open it. Um, but yeah, so on, on Insta, you can text me. I'm pretty sure my number and my email is available on the internet everywhere. Cool. I get all kinds of random stuff, but yeah. Awesome, amazing. Anything you wanna share with the listeners as we, uh, we wrap here? Uh, we're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> always, you know, always putting it out there. No, and um, that, and honestly, like I just do it. Whatever you, whatever you're waiting to do, just do it. Love it. Permission granted. Uh, Tara, thanks so much. Such a pleasure to to catch up and to to dive a bit deeper with mm -hmm. you here. Um, we'll definitely do this again. And I uh, I can't wait. Next time I'm up in uh, up in SF, I'll have to come check out the office and play with all the puppies yeah. out there. Oh my gosh, it's big, it's becoming a party. Right, so fun. It. All right. Well, thank you, my friend, and we will talk soon. See you, Josh.